I'm Rob Bell, and welcome to another episode of Business Spotlight. Today's featured entrepreneur is Jeff Cook, founder of The Meat Group in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Today's show is sponsored by ExperienceEcuador.com. Do you enjoy travel and new cultural experiences? Then please log on to Experience-Ecuador.com to see all the videos and photographs and learn about everything from where roses come from to what it's like visiting the Amazon. And now, today's featured interview. Nice to meet you. How are you? Very nice. It's very nice to be here. I've always wondered what was going on behind the doors of, uh, of this uh, large building. A lot's going on. A lot's going on. We serve uh, about four and a half million people a day here. It's incredible. And in the lobby, you have like this, uh, this big computer readout, and that shows all of the people who are online right this very moment. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we have, uh, uh, we're always looking at various stats in real time here, like how many people are using our, our different features, our live streaming features, our, how, how many people are logging in every day, things like that. So we have five um, apps, uh, Meet Me. Um, which is a kind of a, a U.S. oriented meeting in, in network that I happen to have founded back in 2005. Uh, Lavu, a European dating brand, uh, quite sizable, tagged an African American uh, meeting and dating brand. Um, uh, Scout, kind of a more internationally focused brand, and uh, Growler, a most recent addition to the portfolio, uh, a gay dating brand. And um, you know, across these networks, what people are coming to do is really to meet new people. Uh, to flirt, in some cases to find a date. But um, you know, across all of the apps, they're more or less doing that. Now, what's the difference between that and, and uh, meet, uh, meet Up? Or, uh... Sure. So I would say, um, for, for one thing, yeah, we are overwhelmingly mobile. So it's, it's actually more like 90-plus percent of all of our traffic is mobile. Um, something like a meetup is more is less on the flirty dating chat end of the spectrum. Um, you know, in, in our case, users are mostly looking for one-on-one connections to people. Um, for something like a meetup, they're often like a technology meetup or maybe like a, a mom's meetup where people are are going through a directory and maybe going into some physic, go, going into the uh, real world to go meet at one particular location. Maybe they pay the organizer right. a fee. Right. So meetup um, is, is quite a bit different. In, in our case, what they're doing is they're sending uh, tens of millions of these text-based chats per day. Um, and then recently, in, in really the last uh, couple years, we've begun uh, really emphasizing our live streaming business. So, um, Live streaming, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think it would work uh, necessarily well in, in a flirting dating app, but it ends up that it does because in any kind of chat-based app where you have a lot of people wanting to meet at all the time and sending chats back and forth, you also have a, long, have a lot of people who, are, uh, who feel a little left out. Like they're not getting enough chats at a particular moment. You know, they might have sent some out, but none have come back in. And right. at that point, they could either go off somewhere else or they can engage in some other form of entertainment or connection. And live streaming video happens to be very good at, um, at, 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 at connection, at, at helping you, making you feel like um, you know, you're, um, you're, you're, you're typing comments to the streamer. That streamer is responding to your comments in real time. 
Um, you know, I've likened our business for probably for the last decade to like being an, a mobile version of the bar or the coffee house mm-hmm. um, where like you can chat people up and, you know, maybe it'll turn into a date. Maybe it won't. Um, you know, you're there for kind of both uh, socialization, entertainment. Um, but in the case of live streaming video, that's really made it even more clear that it's the bar of the coffee house because it feels much more alive. You log in and you see all these people broadcasting like thousands of people broadcasting at any given time. Um, you know, it feels like it's just a very happening place. And so, you know, it, it has turned out that our live streaming business has transformed into a company. Um, not that long ago, um, we were 90 plus percent, like in 2016, 90 plus percent of our revenue came from advertising. You know, this year it's probably closer to 70 percent comes from people paying us directly. And that's because, uh, so not from advertising. And, and that's because of this live streaming video business. Well, that sounds like a, it's a lot more fun than Match.com. Yeah. Is that like I mean, your, your principal uh, you know, match competition? Is, match is certainly one of the competitors. Yeah. Um, and certainly the, the biggest, you know, I think. Um, you know, it's not really match. Of course, is a is a public company. They, they um, the brand that is by far their biggest and, and most competitive is Tinder, right? Like that is the meeting app. That's actually that how I met my knows. girlfriend on Tinder. Oh, is that right? Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. I mean, Tinder's a, a great app. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they would be one of the. Uh, it kind of forces you to contact the person, otherwise, you know, because it's so, so basic, really. Yeah, Tinder, I mean, Tinder compared to yours, which is like you know you can chat on video. It's much more advanced. Tinder is is more transactional, so so it's right. uh, like it's 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 a good utility for going to find um, a date, right? So like you swipe, um, and and if you mutually swipe, you know it makes it feel comfortable for the female to message. Um, Meet Me is a more open community that that I think is one of the reasons video works particularly well on it. Now, what what inspired you to start Meet Me? And all these others, yeah. Um, so, so that, I mean that that takes us all the way back to 2005, um, and and it was originally started um, as the name my yearbook. So we were my yearbook, and we I remember here, that, still sure. in this location. It's still, it's still um, we just keep changing the sign. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was my yearbook, a social network for meeting new people, and it was a web property, um, and it was started by myself, my brother, and my sister. Uh, my sister um, still works for uh, the company as the the head of brand, which and she basically runs marketing. Um, and you know, we we actually started it in 2005, and we launched it in one high school actually. Um, and at the time, it, we thought we were to have a more high school angle. Turned out, like within a year, we we it was more about just meeting new people. Um, but we launched it in the high school of my sister and brother, who were actually 16 and 17 at the time. I was 10 years. And still am ten years older, um, and so you know that 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 went extremely well. You know we got we got our first million users in nine months. Um, we've been um, in New Hope pretty much from the beginning. You know I was I was in um, my bedroom uh, for the first probably nine months or so of this. You know it was located in my 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 house. Um, oh, and do you then, live in New Hope? I thought you no, were from I, Princeton. I, I live at the time I lived in Pennington, and, and now I live in Princeton. But uh, it was in my house, and then then we ba- basically put an office in New Hope, which mm-hmm. was actually right right across from where I, we are right now, mm-hmm. um, in kind of a small twelve hundred square foot space. Um, we've since taken out you know seventeen thousand plus square feet here. And that why why New Hope of all places? I mean, I love it. it's a great neighborhood. Yeah. But uh, what made you choose New Hope? Yeah, you know, it's a a lot of these things are just what uh, the opportunities look like. So so what what it came down to, I sold my first company back in two thousand. Uh, or I exited from my first company in 2004. So I sold, I started a company at Harvard, 
sold it um, at, to the Thompson Corporation, sold it to a company in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. At the time, I was in California. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, though. I, I started, but I built a company in California after I left college, sold it to a company that happened to be in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. could have been anywhere, but, but it happened to be in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Um, and that's why I was living in Pennington, because that's pretty close. And so um, I wanted to put this office somewhere and you know i i didn't and because the company that bought mine was this big conglomerate um you know multi-billion dollar conglomerate big office park i didn't want that right i i wanted to not have an office park i wanted to be in a town i wanted to have lots of options to walk to uh for your employees for me at the time and, and for anybody that comes in <laughs> it works for your employees too <laughs> that's I right some coming and going it's, and if uh, it's this good is for me it's triumph brewery everybody. right across the uh the the parking lot that's right and that's like the cafeteria for all intents and purposes now but um you know we, we've been filmed some company videos in in, in the triumph <laughs> and we do cu- cu- christmas parties and holiday parties there um but i think um you know, we looked at Princeton actually, and we looked at New Hope back in 2006. I guess is when we put the office here, and um, Princeton, you know, didn't have as good a parking. <laughs> uh, it probably really came down to that. Like <laughs> New, New Hope, this is actually a very nice space. Uh, we felt like the jobs, the the people we'd be drawing from would be similar market. Like in New Hope, you're drawing from like as far away from like Cherry Hill, New Jersey, to Princeton area, to Philadelphia. Princeton's probably. Uh, uh, harder for someone coming from the Philadelphia area. Um, it might, I mean, might, as far as working here in community, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, um, but you know, I think uh, you know, I drive from Princeton every day. It's actually only thirty minutes, so it's a pretty great, great location, I think. And how many people do you have working here? Are you like the largest employer in New Hope at this point? You know, I, I don't think we've bothered to look, but we, we have at least one hundred and thirty people here, um, and we have about two hundred and sixty overall. Um, but but about 130 here. This is the headquarters. We also have 100 people in Dresden, Germany, um, where we, we acquired a company called Lavu, And then we have about 20-plus people in San Francisco. And, and a small office, uh, maybe a dozen people in Philadelphia. Wow. And you have um, 200,000 global daily active users? Is that right? Uh, we have 4.5 million daily active users. Oh, okay. Um, so this number probably is like thinking, way underneath. <laughs> I think you're probably uh, looking at the uh, Growler stats. So that, that's how many. Oh, one, okay. That one app has 200,000 right. plus. But yeah, we have 4.5 million daily wow, active users. Wow, that is so in. many people. How do you, I mean, that's, you've got to have an incredible computer infrastructure, right? A lot of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I no, can't even we, imagine uh, uh, how a, much I mean, energy is being used with this. A lot of smart people here um, who like to operate at um, scale, right? So, like, we, we when we solve problems, we solve them. Um, we solve big problems, right? Like being able to do something that that, that might support ten thousand users or a thousand users is very different than having to support four and a half million users, right? Like how you think about the problem is just different. It's really, it's really interesting. Um, is it easy being a successful entrepreneur? Um, you know, I think it's not easy to be anything, <laughs> probably. So, so I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of balls in the air at all times, right? Like, I think that's one of the things that entrepreneurs um, tend to have to confront is a lot of, uh, I, you know, a lot of people like to think of it as uh, risk-taking. And I actually think entrepreneurs are never thinking of themselves as risk-takers, like, you know, that that would almost be like an insane personality type. Like, I, no no one no one that I know who's a successful entrepreneur says, "You know what I want to do? I want to take a lot of risk, right?" Um, Educated risk. Not even. I mean, I you know, I, I think if it's more like um, 
ambiguity, right? Like, so, um, like, when we decide to get into something, it's not because we're interested in taking a risk. It's because we see a lot of opportunity, right? And, yeah, of course, there's, oppor- there's a chance it won't work out. And lots of the stuff we have done has not worked out. A lot of it has. Um, but, you know, you know I, 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 I think of it less as risk-taking as the key quality than just as an appetite for, or at least a willingness to deal with ambiguity. And by that, I mean, like, um, you know, as, as the entrepreneur, your, your day is very varied, right? You have lots of things going on, right? Investors, new products, um, outages, you know, wh- whatever the, the issue of the day is, it's always kind of different. Um, you know, legal, you know, whatever it might be, uh, HR. And so like all of this, um, you, you end up having frequent times where, you know, you'll have many different balls in the air. You don't necessarily know how they're all going to fall. Um, and you got to be ready for almost any combination of falls. Um, and that's, that's part of what makes it difficult, right? So like, it, but if you're able to deal with that sort of ambiguity, then I feel like that's, that's one of the chief qualities of the, or one of the chief kind of requirements of the job. And then what's the, and what would your advice be on how to start a successful, uh, entrepreneurial career yeah. for people coming out of college? Like when you came out of Harvard? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I started, it was 1997, um, and so um, I started in a dorm room. And it's a it's a really interesting question. You know, how do you how do you start? And um, you know, I I t- my typical advice is a little trite, which is you know you just start, right? Like m- m- you you frequently will hear about people who who don't just start, right? Like they they have an idea. Um, but they've had it for a year and a half, and they haven't really gotten around to doing anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my start came at I needed a job at Harvard because I had to have a job. It was sophomore, and, and I needed some spending money. And I thought, well, gee, I could, you know, I could put together. Um, uh, I could go work at the library, or I could maybe go work in the dining hall. I could do something that's student related. Um, or what is what is it that I know how to do? And, you know, I thought, oh, I could edit essays and I could edit resumes maybe. I was a good writer. Um, so I edited, you know, I, I, I created this little e-commerce site, Essay Edge and then Resume Edge, to, uh, to do exactly that. And my first year I was making $10,000. I thought it was the greatest side job ever. Yeah, right. Um, and by my senior year I was making $300,000. I would go on to make many millions of dollars. And, um, you know, I, I – that was just one of these straight lines, right? Like you just started doing it. And then it was like, well, what's the next thing? Well, I need more people to come in. It's like, well, I, now I can't edit everything myself. So I got to hire some people. Right. So like that, that was, that was how I got started in it. When, when I started my yearbook, it was a little bit different. I, I was pursuing a different idea called art studio at the time. And, um, but then, then put together my yearbook because I thought social networking was, was, was going to be significant but I, I didn't fully appreciate how significant. And then uh, my yearbook was doing extremely well. And so I was like, okay, well, let's just focus entirely on that. It's really, really interesting. So um, uh, I looked it up, and I, I might have got it wrong, but the Meat Group stock is around $5 a share. What's your outlook for the stock, and, and what's your outlook for the future of this company? Are you going to continue to expand? Yeah, I mean, you know, as the operator, and maybe no surprise, I, I don't typically comment on the stock, but I'd say, you know, I think the outlook is good for um, the company. I think I think the main thing that we're looking to drive is um, live streaming video. Um, that's been a focus that really started in 2016, 
um, and has since, in about 16 months from the date that we first started monetizing it, which was, um, I think, in about October of 17, um, we, we got up to an $82 million run rate off just that new line of business, right? So it was, it was actually the fastest growing line of business in our history, right? And we've been around, you know, 14 years. Um, and so we just have a lot of faith in kind of what live streaming video can do. Like if, if you think out three to five years, you know, is there going to be more live streaming video and dating or, or less, right? Like I think there's going to be more. It right? sounds like, like more, I, yeah. I, yeah, I believe more, but sure. I, I think it's hard to imagine it's less. Sure, because it's easier and easier, right? You just use a phone now. And it's... Right, live streaming solves a lot of problems that are true of flirting and dating apps, right? Like um, you often don't know if someone's authentic, right? Like you see a photo and you don't know, is it them 10 years ago? Is it even them? Um, it's a little harder to, 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 to be inauthentic if you see them and they're interacting. And then, then you see them later in real life and you know, they're the same person. You kind of know what you're getting. Um, another you know, aspect that I think works in live streaming video is just you know, the fact that it is so interactive. Um, there's so many you – know, I, I, I'm really interested right now in what's the live streaming version of the dating game, right? Like there's been dozens and dozens, um, probably a hundred – uh, dating game concepts for television, but there hasn't really been a good one for uh, live streaming video, right? And so I think that's that that that's like what's going to be the HQ version of the dating game. If you're familiar with the the trivia app HQ Media, but you know, mm. so so I think you know we're 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 trying to look down that 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 idea as well. And did you meet your wife through a dating app? No, I met my <laughs> wife, wife much more traditionally. Um, I've known my wife since middle school, um, although we, we, we didn't start dating until college. And, um, yeah, so, so no, she, she helped me build my first uh, company, the editing business. Very nice. And um, tell me a little bit about your daughter. Uh, you uh, wrote a, a book, a children's book with your daughter? Yeah, so, um, you know... The, I would tell my daughter, who who is now twelve, but um, at the time I guess was seven or eight, um, these stories about this little girl who lives on a volcano, and this was like a bedtime story, and um, and then that quickly became a story I would tell on the ride to school um, every morning, and and at the time I was living in Pennington still, and she was going to uh, a school in Princeton, so then I would drive over to uh, Princeton, and it was like a twenty minute drive. Um, and I would have to tell like a 20 minute story every morning, which is extremely hard. <laughs> had to come up right? with new material, had to come up with new material. So then I started actually reading books about volcanoes and I got super into it. I probably read dozen plus books on volcanoes. Um, and, uh, then, then started like thinking some of the story ideas were good and started writing some of them down. And then 300 pages later, you know, there's a <laughs> wow. book. Yeah. It's a 300 page book. It's a 300 page book. Oh, I, I was thinking it was an illustrated book. Yeah. You no, know, like with this couple of words per page. It is illustrated, page. but I'm not the illustrator. I, I worked with a local artist named Gabrielle Shamsey to illustrate it. Wow. I can't, I can't wait to take a look at that. You know, I also want to ask you um, about Cavallo Park mm-hmm. um, because you're a big supporter of, uh, of Cavallo Park, which is in Lambertville, New Jersey. And it was renovated. And what was your? Why did you get involved with the Kabbalah Park? Did the mayor ask you for help? Yeah. How did we get involved originally? I mean, I think um, I was aware. I mean, what it what it really comes down to is I was a frequent user of the park, right? So my both my daughters, um, we would take the one of the things we liked to do was kind of drive into. Um, uh, 
into Lambertville, kind of park right, right, uh, you know, next to the uh, well, park somewhere, and then and then go to like Lambertville Trading Company for some coffee, then walk uh, down the canal path to yeah. the playground, look at the waterfall, things like that. Yep. And um, you know, we all loved it; it was fun. And it would terminate at the playground, and we'd we'd hang out there for you know thirty minutes to an hour. Um, and then I became aware of a project that was kind of underway to to look for funds. I don't remember exactly how I became aware. Um, there was one woman, unfortunately, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, but but she, she in particular made me aware, you know. And then I ended up dedicating the uh, or or um, or donating the uh, the playground equipment um, as part of the renovation. Yeah, because it needed uh, need to be cleaned up. It needed some cleanup too. Because yeah. back so in the, back project, in the day when right? they were when I guess when they built the right, railroad, right. they put a lot of stuff in the ground. Yeah, that needed you know, to be mitigated. And when we when we, when I gave the the playground equipment uh, funds, that actually wasn't known at the time. So, so like we we thought this was going to be kind of a quick thing, um, and then you know of course it's the way things always are. You think it's going to be quick and relatively easy, but it it wasn't. But it, you know it's a credit to everybody involved on that park that they. They got the funds they needed um, to do that cleanup because it's such an important park, I think. It is, and it's a beautiful park, and it's uh, it was renovated beautifully. I don't live in that part of town, but I do walk down the canal, and I see it, and it's great that the kids have a place that they can play now Yeah. because for a while it was all cordoned off. Do you plan on doing, uh, you know, doing other projects you know, to, just for people in the area? How's it feel about doing? It? I mean, it felt good doing that, right? So yeah, no, it's a it good was feeling. it was good. It was good. I mean, I, you always like um, the opportunity to to give back, you know, when it when it presents itself. And it was just a very personal project. It being the the playground we would go to the most. Okay. Well, I, I ran out of questions. Is there anything else that I should have <laughs> asked you that you want to talk about? Are you are you going to buy a grinder? <laughs> In China, right? There's a lot of people on grinder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, yeah, I I just read the the news reports. I think um, the same as you. It's, it's an interesting situation over there, um, but um, you know, I think we um, we you know, if you if you look at Grinder, it's um, uh, I guess that situation is there's a, a force kind of unwinding, according to at least media reports. So I, I don't know what's going to become uh, of that. I would say what we're more interested in is different communities um, where we might be able to kind of apply our live streaming technology. That's, that's, that's kind of the chief thing we're looking for. But I would say right now what we're probably most focused on is just, you know, how do we, you know, right now we, we've built an, an $82 million revenue stream off of 20% of our users that access live streaming video, right? So we're more focused on how do you get that other 80%? Well, these are like people in. who signed up that don't really use it? No, or? they use they use all of our apps. Okay. So, so they use all of our apps, but only 20% of them are actually going to the live video. Channel. Oh, okay. Because our apps are not just about live video. There's right. a lot of other things you could do. Um, so, so, But we've been through the various things we've done, able to attract 20% of our users every day into it. So we're more focused on how do you get that other 80% in? Uh, because I think that's that's by far the much bigger opportunity, and I think that's why we're thinking about things like dating games. We're we're, we're adding one-on-one video. 
uh, or we'll, that is, we'll soon be adding one on one video. What, what's that? Um, so, right now, the main way people live stream is one to many. So, they, they broadcast their se- themselves. Okay. And you can see who's broadcasting near you or who's, who's the most popular. And you can join into it. And you can join in. And so, ask it's them a multiple. Uh-huh. Right. But, um, we'll, you know, in a dating app, you might expect there to be one on one video. Right. It, it, and, and of course, there should or be. Or take it to like a private room <laughs> or something, you right, know, video exactly, screen. Right. Yeah. If, if two people want to meet, like they don't right. necessarily need an audience for everything. And so, exactly. um, uh, and, and, you know, one of the main things people do on our app is engage in text based chat. So, like, uh, you know, I think half, more than half of the users every day are doing this. So, you know, but, and, and most of those are not also doing the one on one video. So, I, I think we're, we're thinking through different ways to bring the users who aren't in, into video yet into it in one form or another. Very good. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Business Spotlight on PANJ Radio. Please tune in 24-7 to hear our original programming and great original music from Bucks, Hunterdon, and Mercer Counties. I'm Rob Bell. Have an awesome day.